0: The Fantasy Football Beat.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Football Beat, a podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen. Hi, I'm Des Bieler. Big uh, week 13 of action here, final week of the regular season for a lot of leagues, playoffs starting, and a lot to get to this week. Let's start with the Patriots and the Bills. Des, a game, um, something happened at the end that could have serious ramifications for next week. Rob Gronkowski, a big day, offensively, nine catches for 147 yards, but a late hit on Tredavious White after an interception, could be a suspension coming i guess what's your first read on on whether he will be suspended and how it affects the patriots offense next week against the dolphins
0: it's a big if and uh i kind of don't think he will be suspended because of what we've seen in previous incidents um what i'm thinking of mostly of is the aj green where he threw actual punches yeah. at the Choke head. Hold. yeah at the head of the uh the jaguar at jalen ramsey and so i mean i don't think he, what gronk did was quite as obviously uh, you know, ab- objectionable as that. I mean, it, it was a pylon play. It was definitely a late hit. I think he'll be fine. Kind of doubt he'll be suspended. If he is, I mean, that would be good news for Dwayne Allen. Maybe, possibly, probably not. Twelve targets all year. It's yeah. hard to say. No, yeah, probably not. Uh, it could be. It could be better news for James White. Let's say who's been really marginalized in that offense of late. But you know, some of those, a few more of those throws over the middle might come his way. And Danny Amendola. Now right. I think about it, probably would be the biggest winner. But I'm not expecting Gronk to be suspended.
1: News on the other side of the ball in this game. Tyrod Taylor did not finish the game. He was off to a a brutal start, only 65 yards passing. He left with a knee injury, and... Tyrod Taylor, he, you know, he was kind of looked to as as maybe a guy you could trust in the fantasy playoffs because of the schedule coming up, uh, Indianapolis, Miami, and then New England. But this kind of throws that into jeopardy. Nathan Peterman replaced him. Hard to trust anyone in the Bills offense, I think, maybe besides LaShawn McCoy yeah. the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, th- I think you're exactly right. LaShawn McCoy is the only person on the Bills you can trust. Uh, obviously, nobody in the receiving game. We and Calvin uh, Benjamin didn't play in this game. Zay Jones fell flat in his face again. <laughs> didn't levitate, Charles? Didn't yeah, exactly. He's better at getting off the ground than actually catching <laughs> balls. It seems. Uh, Charles Clay didn't do much. Entire. Ty- yeah, I mean, look, we they obviously they wanted to bench Tyron Taylor for Nathan Peterman earlier. He he did was historically terrible. Yeah. But this could be the opportunity the Bills have to put him back in the lineup again. You know, Peterman didn't play very well in this game. Uh, but coming in on short notice, you could maybe cut him some slack for that. Yeah, Taylor, you know, was a real disappointment here. I pl- in one league, I played him instead of Ben Roethlisberger. I was partly spooked yep. by the, the reports of Antonio Brown maybe missing that game, and I thought, well, Taylor is supposed to give you that floor from rushing the ball, and he did a little bit of that. But uh, you know, yeah, he he was really awful, and the interception he threw was terrible. It was close yep. to the goal line. Awful play. Should have tucked it and ran. That's what I was rooting for yep, in real absolutely. time. So. Uh, I mean, whether you know t- Taylor being out, maybe maybe it helps fantasy owners who are in my position who have a couple of quarterbacks and he's one of them, and maybe we can just get off him now for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, the only the only bill you're interested in is Lashawn McCoy.
1: In one league, I benched Taylor for Blake Bortles. We'll get to uh, the Jaguars' quarterback a little bit later. I mean, later.
0: it's a very defensible choice, yeah. but didn't work out in retrospect.
1: The Titans beat the Texans 24 to 13, and good luck trying to decide between Derrick Henry. And DeMarco Murray in the fantasy playoffs, if it's the final minute of a game that is no longer in doubt, you want Derrick Henry. That's two times this year now he's rushed for a 70-plus-yard touchdown to salvage an otherwise quiet day.
0: Yeah, you know, we finally saw DeMarco Murray actually be be good and efficient with his carries. Uh, You know, he'd been very inefficient, very poor yards per carry average, did really well here, averaged 6.0 per carry But you just, like, you really wish, like you're saying, like it's tough for the fantasy community to decide between these two. I mean, it'd be nice if the Titans would decide these two, and I know most people would just wish they would uh, go with uh, Derek Henry, but it's just not the case. So, yeah, you just kind of have to hope. They, you know, they he busts one because he doesn't, you know, in the course of the game, he just doesn't get the touches you'd like to see.
1: Yeah. One guy who's not getting touches, not getting looks um, that we talked about a few weeks now Corey Davis, only four targets, two catches for the rookie wide receiver. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's, he's somebody I've touted, and you got to come off him of now. He's not doing anything. So he needs to prove something before he can reemerge onto the fantasy radar at all. Nice see Delaney Walker have another big game. He's been uh by far the steadiest presence in, the, in that receiving core.
1: And for the Texans, DeAndre Hopkins was solid again, and maybe a name to possibly look at if Gronk is suspended maybe not this is a deep sleeper maybe a value pick for next week tight end Steven Anderson CJ Fedorowicz went out with yet another concussion 12 targets for Steven Anderson and a touchdown for the Texans
0: yeah maybe a name maybe a name to consider he's way he'd be down the list I think it's by far his biggest game of the season so I think yeah. you have to put this in the flu category before uh, you know having any faith in Steven Anderson
1: the Vikings beat the Falcons 14 to 9 in a defensive struggle and look no further than the two top receivers in this game Adam feeling held to fewer than five catches for the first time this year, four catches for 51 yards, and then Julio Jones coming off that huge game last week with 253 yards receiving. Today, even with that tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes, two catches for 24 yards, a huge disappointment for Jones' owners.
0: Absolutely, a major disappointment. I mean, you knew this game would be tougher than the previous game because the Vikings do have a very good defense, but it was at home (laughs) you'd like for more than what you got. I mean, two for 24 is abysmal, and only six targets, and again, you just wonder why the Falcons don't make more of a point of just featuring Jones in the passing game. Maybe they should have had Muhammad Sanu throw him a pass. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that couldn't have hurt, man, But because uh, Matt Ryan wasn't very good. The other thing we saw from the Falcons was Devontae Freeman returned. Right. I had said on the previous podcast, you know, he might be benchable. He didn't do a ton. 12 carries for 74 yards is actually pretty good, but he ended up splitting uh, work almost directly evenly with Tevin Coleman. I think they both had... 14 touches. Interesting enough, Coleman a little bit more work in the passing game which you wouldn't normally expect. So maybe we'll see that flip a little bit. But I think this is what you can see from them going forward is pretty even work share and then you just kind of hope, you know, whoever you have gets in the end zone.
1: The 49ers beat the Bears 15 to 14. Robbie Gold the revenge game overshadowing perhaps Jimmy Garoppolo's debut. Garoppolo was okay, under 300 yards passing and an interception His favorite target by far. Marquise Goodwin eight catches for 99 yards.
0: Yeah, this is a really encouraging outing for owners of Marquise Goodwin, who's been kind of a fringe wide receiver, but he, lo- he looked like a solid play here. And what was interesting was that he didn't do this in any deep balls. That's kind of been his calling card. His longest pass of the day was 20 yards. He caught all eight of his targets, so he was extremely efficient you know, and, and got it done in all areas of the field. Um, And you could almost say the same for Trent Taylor, who's been who projects more as a possession type six catches for 92 yards. He caught all six of his targets. So you could hardly fault Garoppolo when he was throwing to those two 14 of 14. That's pretty strong. So a lot to like, you know, and that was at Chicago, right? You know, they're not the 85 bears, but they they do have a pretty (laughs) good defense. So a lot to like there going forward and on the Chicago side. I mean, they just didn't have the ball. I mean, they had they just tw- just over 21 minutes of possession. San Francisco ran. I read uh, oh, like something like 74 offensive plays to 36 for Chicago. I mean, doubled them up. It was just crazy. So you look at, at Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he completed 12 of 15 passes. Who, know, you know, who knows what he would have <laughs> done if he could have thrown 25 passes? I mean, I don't know. Right. They, they just didn't have the ball. So nobody had a chance to really do anything.
1: Even so, with with the limited carries, Jordan Howard, this is a game I thought the Bears would just run, 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 run all over that week. 49ers rushing defense. Jordan Howard only 13 carries. You mentioned the the limited plays, but 38 yards for him. I mean, he's got a couple of good matchups coming up in the, in the Bengals and the Lions. The Lions have just been dreadful against the run the last few weeks, but it's hard to to trust Howard, I think. I mean, maybe he's a flex, but he's certainly not an RB1 at this point.
0: He's not an RB1. I think he's a yeah, he's a bit of a lower end RB2 because he does have capacity for big games, but he has just again no involvement in the passing game. So, you know, he's got to get it done on the ground, and when he doesn't, you're left just with nothing.
1: The Packers beat the Bucks 26 to 20 in overtime. This is a game on Wednesday that I circled as my one to watch. And it was interesting, I guess. I mean, Brett Hundley it, w- yeah, was it, was,
0: it wasn't it wasn't uh, really easy on the eyes. I it would was say.
1: not. Brett Hundley was brutal. I don't know who <laughs> yeah. possessed him on that Steelers game. He looked nothing like the guy that almost led the Packers to a to an upset win against the Steelers. Eighty four yards passing and an interception. Um, Jamal Williams was solid for the Packers. They, I mean, the key was the running game for them, 113 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, who was only on because Williams needed a breather in overtime, he scored the game winner from 20 yards out. And then for the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston returned, and he looked okay. A couple of touchdowns.
0: Yeah, uh, Jameis was, was solid, and I think you know the big news on that side of the ball was Peyton Barber uh, replacing Doug Martin. We weren't sure if Jaquiz Rogers or Peyton right. Barber would be the guy. They announced Barber would start, and he got 23 carries for 102 yards, caught all four of his targets for 41 yards, so really racked up the yardage. And if Doug Martin is going to be out again next week, uh, Barber's going to be a pretty hot name on the waiver wire, I would, I would think. And right. you know, honestly, I, I think a lot of people would say, why don't they just bench Martin and play Barber, right? Because Doug Martin has done very, very little over the past few weeks, much to my chagrin, because I have him in a couple leagues. And, you know, why not just see what uh, Peyton Barber can do with some regular playing time? Uh, and he was really the, the story on that side of the ball. Apart from Cameron Brate. Your you boy. Know, my boy. We talked about how... Ryan Fitzpatrick, for whatever reason, did not want to throw to his fellow Harvard alum. Right, uh, had completely <laughs> fallen off the map. Like one catch in each of his past four games, something like that. Really awful. He, I mean, he didn't. He didn't. He only had two catches here, but they both won. Both went for touchdowns. So you yep. like that. So he's returned to fantasy relevance. And on the Packers' side, I think Jamal Williams, yeah, really had a terrific game. Uh, Aaron Jones sort of reminded you what he could do with d- with d- with just that one carry, and I think Hundley, you know, ran pretty well. But yeah, it was just a total disaster throwing the ball, and he took that entire passing attack down with him, including Devonte Adams, who had been doing really well with him. But just right. you know, and, and Jordy Nelson, nobody did well. <laughs> <with him> Jordy <laughs> Nelson to continues to be just utterly disastrous, and he's just got to wait. And stay healthy till week 15 when Aaron Rodgers comes back.
1: Yeah, and Brait is a name that I've seen him on the waiver wire in a few of my leagues. I would definitely snatch him up with Winston back in because they seem to have some chemistry in it showed today. Yep. Speaking of chemistry, the Dolphins and the Broncos, 35-9 to 9 Miami win. We made so much of the Matt Moore, Kenny Stills chemistry, and apparently Stills just was waiting for – Jay Cutler to come back he didn't do much with Moore last week but today stills a big day five catches for 98 yards and a touchdown and also Kenyon Drake kind of a breakout performance for him 23 carries 120 yards and a touchdown for the Dolphins running back
0: yeah I mean you said it you know stills had had that eerily good chemistry with with Matt Moore but he certainly got it done here Still feels like kind of a boomer bust guy. I I don't think we consider him a wide receiver, too. But he looks like he's certainly eclipsing Devontae Parker, who just had one catch for five yards today on four targets, is continuing to do absolutely nothing. So you'd rather play stills over him for sure. Jarvis Landry had a kind of a typical Jarvis Landry-ish day. Uh, five, well, actually, pretty low on targets. Now that I look at it, only six targets for him is pretty low. So a bit of a disappointment there.
1: And speaking of absolutely nothing, Trevor Simeon, Ugh. three interceptions. Look at the, the wide receiver numbers. Just <laughs> yeah. brutal. I, I, mean, I, that- I traded for Demarius Thomas Ooh.
0: this week thinking,
1: like, oh, the Dolphins, you know, right. they're not great
0: in the secondary. The, you know they're going to get a lot of targets. Simeon, I thought right. we, you know I, I I thought he's a decent starter, like lower end starting type car, Kyle or quarterback, but certainly better than Osweiler and God knows better than Paxton Lynch. But
1: God was he terrible today? Yeah, two catches for 27 yards. And I started Emmanuel Sanders. His two catches right. for 11 yards over Kenny Stills. I mean Demary's got 10 targets. I mean
0: I was right about that. Like the ball you have two was catches on
1: 10 targets. I know
0: it's miserable. <laughs> C.J. Anderson did have a huge day for what it's worth, and for one day at least was clearly yeah. dominant over Devonte Booker. And I feel bad. You know people who who started Devonte Booker. I mean think about that. He had two two carries for eight yards, one catch for no yards. So you got zippity from him.
1: One of the most exciting games of the day, and I would have been surprised if you told me that this was the case beforehand. The Jets beat the Chiefs 38-31. Josh McCown continues to remain fantasy relevant. A big day for him, two rushing touchdowns and a passing score, 331 yards through the air. Jermaine Kearse and Robbie Anderson both going over 100 yards for the Jets.
0: Yeah, McCown continues to play well. I mean, there's no reason to think that he, you know, the Jets will bench him for any of their lousy younger quarterbacks anytime soon. Uh and I, yeah, Robbie Anderson, I mean, what can you say? He's, he's, he's I he, love the guy. He's he's a he's a rock solid wide receiver too at this point with with major wide receiver one upside. Jermaine Kearse has also been really good in this past couple of games and really on and off all season it has been pretty steady. And then you saw Forte and uh, Bilal Powell split the work there. And it's fine if they split the work if they both score, which they did today. Yep. Otherwise, Forte uh, had a lot more yards than Bilal Powell. But, I mean, that's clearly a, a running back by committee. So you, c- you can't really expect too much from either guy.
1: We talked a lot about the Chiefs' offense. We've been talking about them for a few weeks. But on Wednesday show in particular, we talked about benching Kareem Hunt. Yep. But that worked out, I think. But the big news for the Chiefs, Coming into this game, Andy Reid relinquishing the play-calling duties to Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator. And for one game at least, it seemed to work out, Des.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw Alex Smith take a bunch of shots downfield again. He had kind of stopped. He'd curled back into his shell... Of, of conservative play, uh, but you know he winged it deep and, and boy, the Jets secondary looked terrible in this game. Tyree I Kill did. was just running rampant. I think if you're a Travis Kelsey owner, you might almost be disappointed with the way this game turned out because he <laughs> yeah. scored two touchdowns really early on and looked like he was on a w- his way to a truly massive game and then we kind of really didn't hear from him very much the rest of the way, but you'll take 94 yards and two scores time. Tyree Kill just absolutely romped through the Jets secondary looked thoroughly unstoppable. but you know yeah, once again, cream Hunt just can't get it going can't get in the end zone yep. hasn't scored since week three. 40, you know, 63 total yards It's kind of what he's been doing lately, 63 yards and no score. It's what you've been getting from Kareem Hunt. That's why we said he was benchable midweek.
1: Yep, good call. The Jaguars beat the Colts 30-10 to and the aforementioned Blake Bortles. It was a mistake to sit him if he did, 309 yards and two touchdowns for him. Marquise Lee, the biggest beneficiary, seven catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Leonard Fournette didn't do much, but he rushed for a score. And then the Colts offensively, kind of a bust, but T.Y. Hilton, did what he does every <laughs> five games with a 40-yard right. touchdown. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, I mean, I, I made a big case to bench him. I made a big thing out of saying I was ranking him number fifty-six this week. It was week, a convincing case. It, this is a process thing. The process was correct. He had <laughs> he had one big play. He had a forty-yard touchdown pass. You know, and, and you don't want to say you take it out and he had a terrible game, but he really wasn't gonna do much beyond that. He had six he had six targets and three catches, right? So I mean, and he had 51 total yards, so it was really just that one play. And of course, that's what Ty Hilton can do for you. You just, you can't count on it because he hasn't been doing it that much lately. And you know, he's been terrible in his bad games. So that was kind of fluky. But obviously, if you start Hilton, you know, you'll you'll take it and run. Yeah, nobody else on the Colts did a, did a yeah. darn thing in this game. Not even Jack Doyle, who had been had yeah. a pretty good connection. Like you know, this just goes to show like you, you know, you wouldn't have told me that coming out of this game, Hilton would have had the pretty good game, and Doyle would have done nothing. <laughs> but here we are, and Fournette. Uh, I think I think his ankle might still be bothering him. He just doesn't look like quite the same guy.
1: Yeah, definitely not the guy that he was in, in the first part of the year. The Ravens beat the Lions 44-20. to 20. Um, Alex Collins, if you've got a running back against the Lions, any of them, start him. Alex Collins, a big day on the ground for the Ravens. 15 carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns. And for a change... Joe Flacco got things going through the air. I mean, this Ravens passing offense has been awful, but Mike Wallace, five catches for 116 yards. they, They finally got it going through the air. Um, what sticks out to me also from this box score, I've been waiting for Danny Woodhead to kind of reemerge. Right. In 44 points, he had three carries, two targets, a dud of a day for Woodhead.
0: Yeah, he's been a disappointment uh, in the three games since he's been back. Uh, Alex Collins, I saw this stat at World. This is kind of crazy. They said this is his third straight game that he's scored a touchdown on the ground. That's not so crazy. But they said that makes him the first Baltimore player to accomplish that since Willis McGahee in 2010. Whoa. Three straight games with a rushing touchdown? Like That seems like somebody from the Ravens would have done that sometime in the past seven years, but uh corner road world that, that you know apparently not so that's kind of wacky but yeah two two touchdowns for him this was easily Joe Flacco's best fantasy game of the season which i think says a lot more about the kind of season <laughs> Flacco's had cuz 269 yards and two touchdowns isn't mind blowing right. but you know for him that that's an offensive explosion mike wallace was the big beneficiary he got 66 of his 116 yards on one play which is again what he can do you know we talked about Hilton a moment yep. ago and in and, and just as with Hilton it's got the whiff of flukiness about it in the sense of like You know, I I, I don't think we he's been getting a a bunch of targets, but, you know, we need to see Flacco be this kind of Flacco more often going forward to have any faith in in Wallace.
1: Right. And probably not a lot of people out there starting Joe Flacco this week or or any week or going forward. And don't. But. (laughs) Probably a lot of people starting the other quarterback in this game, Matthew Stafford, and kind of a scary moment for him at the end. He left with a hand injury. X-rays were negative, but certainly something to monitor this week if you're a Stafford owner or a Marvin Jones, Golden Tate owner going forward.
0: Yeah, and uh, Jones and Tate had good games, and you like to they see did. that because at Baltimore that was a tough assignment, very tough secondary they have. So they emerged, you know, with, with they gave what you wanted. Neither of them got in the end zone, but they both got good yardage. Uh, and then um, Amir Abdullah was out for this game with a neck injury, which made theoretic. Uh, the starter, and he did benefit, um, you know, he got some yardage, and he got in the end zone on, on the ground, which he doesn't always do. And then Tion Green, whoever this Dion. guy is, he might be coming to a waiver wire near you. He was a, a big dude, six o two twenty, 220, un, undrafted free agent. I think yes. this is his first playing action of the season. Looked pretty good, man. He had 11 carries for 51 yards, got in the end zone. So if Abdullah is out some more, maybe Green, you know, could be a guy on the, on the waivers to look at.
1: Put Tion on your watch list. Do it. The Chargers beat the Browns 19-10 to 10 in Los Angeles, and – I want to talk about a Browns player here, Des. We waited three years for Josh Gordon to return to the field. Hugh Jackson wasn't lying when he said that he had big plans for the Browns receiver. He caught the first catch of the game, and that wasn't his only action. No,
0: uh, he finished with uh, four carry, uh, four catches for eighty five yards. He had eleven targets, so yeah. four catches on a, on eleven targets not great, but eighty five yards and looked big, strong, fast. Really looked like the guy we remember seeing, just sort of romping through secondaries way back in twenty thirteen. Because you have to remember, like even in twenty fourteen, he really wasn't that great. Uh, right. you know. So it's been that long. It's been four years since we've seen a really effective uh, Josh Gordon. But, you know, he looked like all that, and he could be a, a wide receiver one down the stretch. I mean, especially if Deshaun Kajic can kind of manage to get him the ball a little bit more effectively. And then, of course, the flip side of that is that Corey Coleman was just wiped off the map. I mean, zero four yeah. four targets, zero catches. I mean, so obviously zero yards did nothing, and that is really bad news. He was somebody I was pretty excited about when he came back from his own injury a couple of weeks ago. But, I, I, you know, and, and I think we need to see how this plays out a little bit more. I mean, I can't imagine he'll he'll just take a bagel every time josh gordon's out there but you know the initial results are are very disappointing for him
1: yeah i was really surprised by that as well it was was almost as if hugh jackson was trying to make a point you know that that i was not kidding you when i said he is (laughs) going to (laughs) be that first play he he (laughs) talked
0: it up and i think a lot of people kind of roll their eyes like first of all hugh jackson has said things before (laughs) that haven't come to pass but like surely josh gordon won't get that much action it's his first game in forever they'll mix him in maybe he'll play a little bit in the first half and maybe not so much later on but no he was he was a dominant force in this game so i mean it's great to see
1: when you haven't won a game, you can kind of do whatever you want, I guess, as the play caller.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, they can still do what they want, I guess, because they still haven't won a game. And you mentioned, like, if Gronk gets suspended again, I don't think it'll happen, but if it does, David Njoku. Uh, another name of interest he had four catches for 74 yards and a touchdown in this one so nice uh, and he's a first round pick there so obviously a player they want to mix in as well
1: and real quick on the other side the Chargers passing game continued to roll Philip Rivers another huge day 344 yards and a touchdown and Keenan Allen over 100 yards with at least one score for the third straight week the Saints beat the Panthers 31-21. to 21. And what more can you say about Alvin Kamara other than I wish that I had drafted him or picked yep. him up early on? Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, he's just so
0: hard to tackle. It's just crazy. Like, defenders just seem to slide off of him. Some There was a quote today about him. He sort of goes limp on whatever side he's being hit by a defender. He's got to, he finds a way to just kind of go limp on that side <laughs> somehow. So you just you there's nothing to grab on. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Something eerie is happening <laughs> that's
1: cooler than the Zay Jones thing. His, his <laughs>
0: yards per touch are, are just in, in insanely stellar, and yep. you know he just gets it done over and over again. Two more touchdowns today. You know, and again, Ingram's do it playing well. I mean, Ingram looks like an RB one in his own right. You know, and you know if they both keep this up down the stretch, and right now it sure looks like
1: they will. I mean, are they both going to get drafted in the first round next year? <laughs> I mean, because Ingram himself is having a fantastic season. Yes. I mean, we've seen this more often than not. You know, there have been a few weeks where one of them has gone off and the other has struggled. But this is more the norm. I mean, 14 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. They're both must starts every week. You could have running back one, running back two with this and easily win your league.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Kamara has become a guy that I don't know who you would start ahead of him. I really don't.
1: For the Panthers, Cam Newton not a not a great game for him. He had 50 yards rushing, 183 yards through the air, and a touchdown. And Devin Funchess, a name that I've talked up a bit, he kind of salvaged his day with a with a late score. Yeah, I mean, if if you
0: started any Panthers, uh, any of the reasonable Panthers, including Jonathan Stewart, then you you kind of got just enough. Like yeah. Cam, you know, Cam Newton didn't throw for a lot of yards, but as you said, he he threw for two touchdowns, led the Panthers once again in rushing, so he gave you a fair amount of fantasy points. Jonathan Stewart stumbled forward uh, for 45 yards, got in the end zone. You know, Christian McCaffrey did nothing on the ground, but caught a, bunch of, caught a few passes, five for 33. Again, that yardage not there, but he scored a touchdown. Devin Funches didn't catch uh, a lot of yardage, uh, 60 yards on four catches, and this is with Greg Olson out, so you might have hoped for a little bit more, but he got in the end zone. So you know, you'll take it. You'll walk away, and you'll take it.
1: The Raiders beat the Giants 24-14. The big story coming into this one, Geno Smith making the start for Eli Manning, and I would say he was not awful. 212 yards and a touchdown. He did lose a couple of fumbles, but Evan Ingram, happy to see him in there. Seven catches for 99 yards and a score. He made a beautiful one-handed catch. Des is someone who watched most of geno smith's 30 starts with the jets uh what did you make of his performance i mean he wasn't
0: great you know and, and i think a lot of people were watching that going like wait the giants benched eli manning for this you know again it's like they had their reasons and i think they're reasonable and you know they didn't you know they they benched you got it it was reasonable to see what they had and also with geno smith he just never you know there's a narrative about him that he's terrible and this will feed into it i mean this was his first start in a couple of years, and only a second start since he was the Jets' full-time starter in 2013 and 2014. So, I mean, I, I think it, you know it's not it's not crazy that he was kind of rusty out there. But you know, he lost two fumbles, so that feeds into the narrative that he's again a turnover machine. It's not just an error. I mean, he is a turnover machine. Right. You know, he did, at least he didn't throw a pick in this game. But no, he he wasn't very good. And as you mentioned, the big beneficiary was Evan Ingram, and that's really good to see because he'd been pretty shaky in his past three starts. So other than that, yeah, not a ton to take away. Orleans Darkwa got a touchdown, so he. Yeah. he You know, he gave what you could have hoped for here. He was pretty
1: disappointing on the ground, but at least you got some points out of him as well. Marshawn Lynch was great on the ground for the Raiders, 17 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown, 51 of those coming on one run. And we made a lot coming into this game about, you know, who would pick up the slack with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree out. Johnny Holton had the team-high seven targets and a score, but Cordarell Patterson, he rewarded people That's for right. putting him in as well four catches for 97 yards yeah he
0: rewarded people who called him a value pick in the uh, wednesday podcast <laughs> so good shot <laughs> by me uh yeah holton does get the score uh jared cook i mean it's just driving me crazy one catch for nine yards on five targets you know in a game where yeah okay crabtree's out cooper's out he should theoretically have been the biggest beneficiary, especially against a Giants defense that really has been allowing a, a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position. You know, we saw Cl- Clive Walford had four catches, for 57 yards. So, you know, some tight end for the Raiders did okay. But, I mean, Jared Cook, you just can never, ever <laughs> trust him. Don't ever do it. I benched, I benched <laughs> Kyle Rudolph in one league for him. That was a humongous mistake that will never happen again.
1: Ugh. The Rams beat the Cardinals 32-16, to 16, a big day for Todd Gurley, 158 total yards and six catches. And then for the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, happy to not be facing Jalen Ramsey. He had a good bounce-back game with 10 catches for 98 yards in the score. What else stood out to you from this game, Des?
0: Well, uh, Sammy Watkins scored. Uh, I think that's the fourth time in his past five games that he scored. So he's getting in the end zone. He's not getting a lot of yardage. I mean, this was the third time in his past four games that he's been held to 41 yards or less but or fewer, whatever the— Grammar is there. Forty-one yards are fewer. I think is correct. Uh, but you know, if he's getting a score in the end zone, then you got to like that. How about scoring in the end zone? That's that's other more good grammar <laughs> by me. Yeah, it was a fairly quiet day f- for the Rams, despite the score they put up. I mean, a lot of that came from the, the Greg the Leg Zerline, who continues to be a, a fantastic Set. fantasy kicker. And you know, we don't mention kickers a lot in this podcast, some good reason. But shout out to to Greg the Leg because <laughs> he's been great all season and, and was so again today. And, you know, offensively, though, yeah, it was a pretty mixed bag for a lot of players. Cooper Cup did some things, five catches, 68 yards. You'll take that. Uh, And the only thing Gurley didn't do was get in the end zone. But otherwise, he gave you all the yardage you you could have hoped for. You know, and and on the other side, we saw Adrian Peterson miss the game uh, with, I believe, a neck injury. Kerwin Williams, who... You know, it was a name of interest earlier when David Johnson went down and just really didn't do much with his opportunity. Look good here, man. 16 carries for 97 yards. He did. Uh, He'll also will be coming to a waiver wire near you. If we find out that Peterson's going to miss more time, uh, you know, he'd be a great speculative
1: pick. The Rams were able to do something that the previous two Cardinals opponents weren't in keeping Ricky Seals-Jones, a a waiver wire pick, maybe the last two weeks, out of the end zone. Two catches for 44 yards for the rookie Cardinals tight end.
0: Yeah, didn't score, but, you know, sort of kept his name afloat as, as a name
1: of interest. Better than Jared Cook this week, right? <laughs> God, yeah. Eesh. Real quick on the Thursday game, the Cowboys beat the Redskins 38 to 14. Washington really laid an egg in this one. Kirk Cousins, a pair of interceptions, one of them on a on a deflected pass. Samaje Pirine, a a big name coming into it. Twelve carries for 38 yards. Other disappointments on, on the Redskins side of the ball. Vernon Davis with Jordan Reed out for a fifth straight week, only two catches for fifteen yards. You can just kind of go down the list. But some decent performances for the Cowboys, does?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to start with Alfred Morris, 27 carries, 127 yards, and touchdown. Uh, you know, he he had the game that we thought Samanjay Pirine would, right? right. I mean, it, it all just sort of depends on, on game script. If the Cowboys are winning, you figure Morris will get the ball and good things will happen. If the Redskins had managed to sort of take that lead and the ball hadn't clanged off the hands yep. of Crowder, for the, who knows, maybe that would have been Pirine uh, getting the volume and getting the yardage. But it was Morris in this case, so he definitely gets the game ball uh, in terms of fantasy. You know, we talked about, uh, again, in terms of benching players, Dak Prescott really being on a downward skid, and Des Bryant, being very hard to start uh brian gets in the end zone here again a little bit shaky i mean five catches on seven targets for 61 yards that's not awe-inspiring but he does get in the end zone for the first time in a long time and prescott i mean he only threw for 102 yards yeah but he did throw for two touchdowns so that's you know that saves his bacon and he he ran a little bit too so he gave you something but i think if you know if you're an owner of various cowboys i don't think you come out of this feeling like oh they're back
1: no probably not but i think with morris i mean you mentioned game script. I think, like, 89 of those 127 rushing yards is something we're in the second half when the Cowboys are kind of milking the clock with the lead. You look to next week, the Cowboys still kind of alive in the playoff race. I mean, they're they're a long shot. They're certainly more alive than the Redskins. And they get the Giants next week. So I think right. if you're a Morris owner, you got to be – happy about the performance and feel good about at least starting him as a flex next week against the Giants
0: yeah and then they have the Raiders after that it's at yeah. the Raiders and they might not win that game but that's a defense that certainly usually allows other players to do fairly well so you know <laughs> hopeful signs for the Cowboys in that sense I agree
1: with that a reminder to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher check out all of our great fantasy football content on WashingtonPost.com and as always you can reach out to us on Twitter I'm at Scott S. Allen I'm at Des Alert. get those waiver claims in